prophet Daniel. At that time, Michael will stand up, the great prince who mounts guard over your people. There is going to be a time of great distress, unparalleled since nations first came into existence. When that time comes, your own people will be spared. All those whose names are found written in the book of those who lie sleeping in the dust of the earth, many will awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting disgrace. The learned will shine as brightly as the vault of heaven, and those who have it instructed many in virtue, as bright as stars for all eternity. The word of the Lord. reading from the letter to the Hebrews. All the priests stand at their duties every day, offering over and over again the same sacrifices which are quite incapable of taking sins away. He, on the other hand, has offered one single sacrifice for sins and then taken his place forever 
at the right hand of God, where he is now waiting until his enemies are made into a footstool for him. By virtue of that one single sacrifice, he has achieved the eternal perfection of all whom he is sanctifying. When all sins have been forgiven, there can be no more sin offerings. The word of the Lord. Gospel according to Mark. Jesus said to his disciples, In those days, after the time of distress, the sun will be darkened, the moon will lose its brightness. The stars will come falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. Then too he will send the angels to gather his chosen from the four winds, from the ends of the world to the ends of heaven. Take the fig tree as a parable. As soon as its twigs grow supple and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. So with you, when you see these things happening, know that he is near at the very gates. I tell you solemnly, before this generation has passed away, all these things will have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But as for that day or hour, nobody knows it, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, no one but the Father. The Gospel of the Lord.
In the middle of November, 17 years ago, I was in Spain walking the Camino from the Pyrenees to Santiago de Compostela. I'd walked over 300 miles of the 500-mile pilgrimage. I was pretty worn out and tired. The early enthusiasm had long disappeared. And I was wondering whether I'd be able to keep going and reach Compostela. I felt a little flat and without hope. But I kept my mind on that destination of the Basilica at Compostela, where I hoped to be present for Mass on the first Sunday of Advent. I turned to pray the Rosary, joining Jesus in the sorrowful mysteries meditating on his suffering for each one of us. From that pain and suffering on the cross came his resurrection and eternal life for each one of us. It's Jesus' death on the cross, his giving of himself in love for each one of us, that we remember at every Mass with his resurrection and ascension. Today's Gospel from Mark's eschatological discourse challenges us to think beyond the now to the end of time. If we were asked to choose a gospel passage for a Lexo session or just to read through, I think it unlikely that we would choose today's reading. It contains imagery that we might prefer not to think about. It's not about now and how I live. Today's passage is about the second coming at the end of time. Over the last few months since Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit, the Church has been dwelling on Jesus' earthly life and his preaching the Gospel in and out of Galilee as he journeys to his death in Jerusalem. Today we're called to get out of our comfort zones and be ready for the end of time. But as for that day or hour, nobody knows it, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, no one but the Father. The question I ask all of you, and I ask myself, is what should we do now to prepare ourselves to be ready?
First, we must have hope. Today's readings do give us a vision of hope, of God's victory over the forces of evil. But we're warned that we must continue to live, work and pray in the present as a community. As we reflect on the second coming of Christ, the parousia as it's called, let's have Christian hope. And hope is one of the theological virtues. It's not about wishing, wanting something that we think good and pleasant to happen, but rather thinking deeply about our Christian destiny and the energy, help that we all receive in the present moment to have that hope in our hearts. Pope Francis puts this very succinctly by saying, hope is a constant miracle. It's the miracle of the church, Jesus living and giving life to all of us here and now. So to be ready for the second coming, the now is important. The now is about giving thanks for life and allowing Christ to be a part of my life, to fill my life with love. It's about allowing the peace of Christ to dwell in my heart and bringing that peace, that joy, that love to others. And this is what Pope Francis means when he says, hope is a constant miracle. Each one of us is on an earthly pilgrimage and we're reminded today of a day at the end of the world or the general judgment. The way we live our lives does matter and that when the time comes for us to pass from this life to the next, we'll be held accountable for the way we lived our lives. Going back 17 years then, I arrived at Santiago de Compostela, I made it, on the 26th of October. In fact, a couple of days before the first Sunday of Advent. And towards the end of my pilgrimage, I had actually regained my strength And so the last days, I turned to praying the glorious mysteries of the Rosary, turning to Jesus' resurrection and ascension and the coming of the Holy Spirit on the Apostles. As my pilgrimage came to an end, standing early on that morning of the 26th of October in front of that magnificent basilica, I felt the peace and presence of God in my heart. And so I gave thanks to God 
for having accompanied me on, along this journey that had had its painful and difficult moments. Well, most of us would say that the Day of Judgment is not a day we look forward to with great enthusiasm. We may have regrets about what we haven't done and the opportunities we haven't taken up. But Jesus has given us an example and he has revealed himself to us. What he wants above all from us is to be close to him. To be close to him in prayer and in practice. So finally, let us remember that God never wants us to lose sight of his mercy and forgiveness. Let us never despair of his love. An old piece of Christian wisdom says, if you do your best, rest assured that God will do the rest. <laughs>